Welcome to the A Conversation with Podcast, the podcast where your host, Paul Grossclose, interviews or better yet, has a conversation with creative entrepreneurs of today and tomorrow. Today we're going to be having a conversation with John Prosser from Page Tech, a show dedicated to making tech news fun. Welcome to the show, John. Oh, thanks for having me, man. As soon as, as, soon as I saw you release the first episode, I was like, I need to be on this. I <laughs> dude, it's it's, so it's a pleasure to have you. It's it's an honor, really. I mean, uh, I, I love your stuff, and I've been watching you for a really long time. Like it, it was it was even before the uh, the iPhone video originally. Really, uh, I, I had seen a few of your videos, and then it was just kind of like once that iPhone video came out, and I watched that, I was like, I gotta hit the subscribe right. button, and, <laughs> that, and then just yeah, everything for a lot of people. Yeah, it just kind of steamrolled from there, and that's what Randy said happened with him too, with the whole T-Mobile right. thing with that. So, how did we get here? I'm really interested on how you found me personally because I found you through your videos, right. but I don't really like. I remember sending you one of my videos a while back, but I I don't. You just followed me randomly. So, how did um, that happen? So it started happening. I think I first started to see your name on Twitter, uh, just like yeah. in the community. Um, so I definitely saw just like you interacting on Twitter, but uh, I remember what had happened. I was watching somebody's video. I can't remember somebody like somebody else that's popular in the tech space. I was watching their video, and I saw you had commented on their video. And I'm like, well, his profile picture looks really familiar. Um, and then you were like, I always keep track of like the usernames and the in the profile pictures in the community. So like, I started oh, yeah. to slowly see you come around more. Um, and so I think I saw something about you on Twitter, something about your stroke. Um, and I was like, what? How old is this kid? So then that's when that's when I actually like went to your YouTube yeah. page and was like, oh, OK, then. And I think I I think I followed you on Twitter because I don't think you knew that I had been like I, I was watching you for like about a week. Um, oh, yeah. And that's when I, I reached no out idea. to you on Twitter and said, I don't know if you can find the tweet. I don't know where it's at. But I yeah. said I reached out and was like, hey, just want to let you know I'm impressed by what you do. And that was it. Yeah, and, I, and literally immediately after that, I screenshotted it and sent it to everyone that I knew. <laughs> it was it was hilarious. It was like, oh my gosh! And then after so, that, uh, we were buds. I don't yeah, know when you was, and I just started like. When did was, you and I start the, talking? It was around Christmas time because I I thanked you for making that audition tutorial. Gotcha. And then just kind of. Uh, snowballed from there. So gotcha. that this isn't exactly what the podcast is about. So I, I want to talk to you about you know how you built front page, how you built front page, front page tech with Brian, right. how you developed the entire show, the the style, the content, the struggles you had from going to zero to where you are now, and just how you grew from 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 uh, right. from nobody. I mean, we all start from zero. Kind of want to know the inside look of front page tech, right? Uh, so. I think it basically started because I didn't want a real job. That's kind of how yeah, front page tech started. Um, I mean, I had been I'd been doing YouTube since uh, 2006. Um, wow! So I've been around since like the beginning, and I had multiple channels. It was like at one point I had a uh, a magic channel where I just did magic tricks. Oh, wow. It was the worst <laughs> thing in the world. And I remember uh, <laughs> people from school from my school found it, and I think. I think uh, at the time, you know, the idea was a little bit more foreign, like that oh, anyone yeah. from school would have a YouTube channel. I think now it's a little bit more acceptable. It's not as yeah, weird. Yeah, I feel like it's in the past two years, it's become a little bit more acceptable. Yeah. I mean, I feel like people more your age would know um, yeah. if it's more acceptable now because at the time it was like it was real weird. Um, but they, they like made fun of me at school about it. And I had in school, I was like I was always like one of the popular kids. There was only like. I want to say 
25, 30 people in my class, like, period. Yeah. So it wasn't a lot. Um, so when they started making fun of me over the magic videos that they found, I, like, freaked out and I deleted them, which is, like, a huge regret uh, now. Like, I deleted yeah. all the videos. I didn't just private them, because um, I don't know if you could do that at the time, but yeah, that I deleted them and uh, deleted the whole channel. And this was back when, like, there was Google Video and YouTube. Since I deleted all the stuff on YouTube, uh, when Google bought YouTube, a few years later, uh, they basically took whatever was on Google Video and like just threw it in your YouTube account. So then one day I just woke up and like all my like a few of my magic videos were in my YouTube account. I was like, whoa, I thought I deleted this, but it ended up coming from Google Video and they're awful. They are so bad. <laughs> um, so uh I, after that, I just kept all my channels a secret. I had multiple channels doing different things, um, but it was it was mostly a secret. And it was just like I just wanted to make stuff, basically. It was just I – re, I remember just – and this was back before, like, uploading daily was a thing. And oh, yeah. No one did it. Um, it was like – it was just when – Ray William Johnson, I, I don't know if you know who he yeah, is. Yeah, I know who he, he made is. equals three. He's the person that really made, like – made it a thing to put a show on YouTube, a consistent oh, yeah. show, like once a week or whatever. And um, that was just once a week too. Like, Yeah. And he was like the first one to do that. Uh, and so I remember in my head thinking, okay, I really want to put a video out this week. And then just like struggling over an idea of this ridiculous thing to make. Uh, it's crazy that, you know, that I was at that point at, at one time in my life, like, oh, I want to put out a video this week, and then I'm struggling with ideas when now that sort of the content creates itself. Yeah. But I think that's just an evolution of stuff in terms of content in general. Um, so I had all I had a bunch of different channels, and then uh, I had just graduated high school, and I worked, um, I was working at a grocery store. I had three real jobs. They were all pretty not great experiences. The first one, I was a delivery guy. And I remember Fine. it was hot. It was hot one day in the summer, and I was mad that I was sweating <laughs> at work. Yeah, this is this is the most ridiculous thing. Like every, everyone that has a quote unquote real job is like, really, dude. And I remember yeah, I just like I hate this, and I quit two weeks later. And I was working at a grocery store, uh, and I liked that. I worked out for like eight months, but then I got a manager position at a convenience store. And uh, I worked there for like four months, and at some point, I started playing the lottery at work because there was nobody like the the store itself wasn't busy and this was like late 2012 I had graduated high school and this is what I was doing and I was playing the lottery and I won like $2,500 one day nice um but then I got in trouble for playing the lottery at work uh, and I got fired so oh, I that took sucks. that money yeah I took that money and it I've never I haven't had a job since basically I was just oh, like wow. okay I really want to do YouTube um and I, I think th that's sort of what set from Page Tech uh, apart from everything else I had done and like a lot from a lot of YouTube channels actually was I started it with a business channel or with a, a, a business model in mind. Yeah, like I, I feel like at the time there wasn't that many creators that were making content that had a business model re behind it and really many that yeah. were making a living off of it in general. Yeah, especially like we I went in with an idea of like how I could make money. Like I could, I saw the path uh, and I just need, I just needed to like actually execute my, my ideas and my plans and try to get there. 
definitely was not as easy as I thought it was going to be, but, uh, I mean, obviously it worked out. I took that money that I made from, that I won from the lottery, which wasn't a lot of money. And I was just like, screw it. Uh, I'm going to buy, uh, YouTube gear. Um, so I bought like my first set of lights. Um, I bought like a microphone and camera and stuff. Uh, and I'll send you a picture too. This was like, when I first started from Page Tech, the first episode was just, I had like a white backdrop, which actually, it was like a photo backdrop. And yeah. then I had like seven lamps around me <laughs> to try to, to try to light the, yeah. to try to light the room. Cause I remember I ordered my light kit, but I wanted to start from Page Tech and it took like a week to get my light kit in and I was yeah. just using lamps and it looked terrible. It was so bad. But again, it was just one of those things where like you just use what you got sort of thing. Totally. Yeah. And it, it totally worked out. And uh, at the time, I was living with my grandma to not get into a whole thing because this is not something I don't think I've ever really shared this online. Um, my 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 real dad uh, died before I was born. And then I had my, my mom, and my stepdad. My mom died in 2008. I was 14, wow. I believe. And then a year later, my stepdad committed suicide. That's so. Horrible. I was with I, I was living with my grandma and that was like sort of my opportunity to like um kind of just focus on what I what exactly I wanted to do yeah. without the stress of having to make money. Like I was just going to be okay if yeah. for the first few months there was no money. So that's what I did and I started from Page Tech and it it did like okay and I remember the re- the real reason why I started from Page Tech was not just like because I wanted to make money on YouTube, that's that wasn't the idea at all. Yeah. I I had seen the opportunity. There was a gap in content that I wanted that wasn't there. Uh, at the time, there was like there was there was tech YouTubers, obviously, and of people course. that did report on tech news, but like it was so boring, and that was that was the issue. Like I wanted to create a show that I wanted to watch, yeah, and that's like that's the core of what we do. Like, I don't think the value in my show or the value in me is the news. Cause you can get the news in a tweet oh, or yeah, a headline no. somewhere yeah. in an article. I just want you to watch the show cause you like me and the news yeah. is like a plus. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what I did. I wanted to create a show that I wanted to watch. And the first, I remember the first episode had like 14 stories. It was terrible. Oh, wow. uh, that's it, a lot. It was, it was like an evolution of stuff. Um, at first I didn't share a lot of my opinions, it was just like I would basically just say, "Here's a headline," and then move on. That's why I was able to fit 14 stories in a show. For reference, now we do three. Yeah, I know. Um, and I started out going every day, and I did that just not not as part of like a growth mechanism or anything. It was just I wanted to just do a show every day. Yeah, and that was just a thing to do to get myself in a routine. So I started doing that. And Brian and I had been best friends from high school. Um, that's just like we we've always been friends. In fact, we had a YouTube channel from before from Page Tech. I should give you footage for that too, where we did a we did like short films and and sketches and stuff. Tried yeah. to do comedy stuff. Um, so that's sort of where we learned how to use uh, cameras and whatnot. That's sort of where most of my knowledge from just not not even most of it because most of it starting out. Most of my knowledge came from just like. Uh, learning camera settings yeah. and all that stuff for the short films we did, which were terrible, but like it taught me what I needed to know. Yeah, same. Uh, and so Brian was going to college at the time. Brian was going to be a history teacher. Um, oh my gosh, which is funny to think about now. I, yeah, I, I Brian can't was going see to, that. I can't see that. Yeah, Brian was going to college to be a history teacher, and I started from page tech, and I was doing it. And I remember um, 
I got like 300 subscribers in like two weeks or something. And that Dang. was like, that was, that was super exciting because I mean, 300, that's a lot. And yeah. to anyone, especially like in terms of perspective, um, when you're starting from zero, any sort of growth looks good. And it looks makes fast. you feel good. Uh, yeah. It's easy to like, and I try to explain this to smaller YouTubers. It's all, it's, it's all perspective, right? Oh, so yeah. like, hundred percent. Um, when you're starting from zero, it any progress looks like it's happening rapidly. Um, we're like now if if we don't get a hundred subscribers in a day, if we don't get more than a hundred subscribers, I'm like really disappointed. Yeah. And at the time it was just like it was really cool and it was really exciting and I was telling Brian about it. And every Monday I would go pick Brian up uh from the town he lived in, uh, and he would he would essentially He's he would stay the the weekend at my house, um, and then like on Monday he started showing up on Front Page Tech, and he was just like behind the scenes, sitting behind the camera. You never saw yeah. him. He just said words, um, and that's what uh, that's what started him on Front Page Tech. Just every Monday he would be behind the camera shouting about something, and the episodes were getting like fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, like super super long because oh, yeah. we would just yell back and forth, and there was no formula, no routine. Um, and people started to like really dig Brian, and uh, the when I say people started digging, I meant like the twenty people that were watching. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I, and I really liked that. Like it was really cool to be able to do something with my best friend and not do it by myself. Oh yeah. And so um, first month goes by, and we hit seven hundred subscribers in the first month. Dang. Still doing the whole thing about how Brian's doing. Um, Brian was doing every Monday or whatever. Uh, so then I remember one day I sat I sat down with Brian and I said, hey, do you want to like be part of the YouTube channel like 50-50 with me? Um, and he was totally down. Uh, we were really excited about it. We started a website. And it, the, the website started fr- for Front Page Tech where uh, the idea was Brian's job was to write articles about every episode because we wanted to like take advantage of SEO at the time. Oh, yeah, definitely. So... We we do the YouTube video every day, but then also an article would go up about the episode on a website that would also be like indexed in Google and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's how we like at the time. And I don't that would work to an extent now, but like search is way different these days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Before it was a lot about metadata and SEO and stuff. So it, it, that helped us grow too. Um, and Brian ended up dropping out of college, decided not to be a history teacher uh, to sort of pursue this and. Um, at some point, it wasn't that it wasn't that long into Front Page Tech. I think maybe I did thirty episodes or something. Uh, my grandma passed away at some point in that, and that like that was like the the pivot point mm-hmm. where I had something had to happen, right? So like I was no, it was no longer let's just do this for fun yeah. and it see was, where it goes. This has to work because now I had I had custody of my brother. Um, so you're what fifteen? Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, at 19 I had custody of my brother. Oh wow. Is when is when my grandma died and I had to get my brother. Um so it like it had to work at that point and th- when I think back I think the more reasonable more common sense thing to do would have been to go get a job. What? Um, Why would you do that? I know. That I mean especially if you have custody you got to take care of somebody else. And make sure he d- does the whole living thing, stays alive. Yeah, uh, that would have been the thing that I, I should have done. But early on, I recognized like if I'm gonna make it, it's not gonna be because I upload once a week. Yeah, 
or because it's a hobby. Like I can't, I can't put a bunch of time into a job, but then also, you know, in my spare time do the YouTube thing. And this is where like, this is stuff I don't share a lot. And it's with a lot of, you know, I mean, you see it too when like the smaller creators are, especially the adults are like, you know, I have a family or I have a full-time job. I can't commit to YouTube, but at the same time they expect to get success on YouTube. And it's just like, you got to prioritize. You got to make time. And that's that's just a sacrifice yeah. I made. It was very very stressful. I can um, imagine. You know, there was. I remember. I remember a week where I had nothing to eat but peanut butter. Wow. Literally, like just a jar of peanut butter, which, by the way, was delicious. <laughs> I'm not complaining. Um, but like any money I did get uh, went straight to like keeping Chris alive, my brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, so we got signed by Full Screen Network early on. Uh, I think like six months into doing from page tech, um, we got, it was like a, there was like a bidding war. Awesomeness TV reached out to us mm. and I didn't know anything about YouTube networks at the time. And I thought that was really, really cool that somebody wanted to sign us. And then, uh, full screen network got, got contacted with us and they, they really wanted us and they started, they offered us money per episode. Oh wow. So MCNs were a lot different at the hey, time. Yeah. I, now they basically just like steal your money. Yeah, essentially. Uh, so we got signed by Full Screen Network, and I remember um, they had a sub network called Tiny Galaxy, which was like their tech division, and that's where like Lamar Wilson, Austin Evans, uh, those sort of people were, uh, and that's how I like that's how I met Austin and Lamar, and uh, I remember because we were with Full Screen. Full Screen did these things where you got awards um, after a month. If like your content was really good, you won an award, and that translated to like uh, stuff you could use on the back end of Full Screen's website. And one of those things was like they they would put you as part of like their ad program. So since you were part of Full Screen, Full Screen worked with brands, and then you know gave their content producers brand deals. Well. Our first month on full screen, we won creator of the month and and like best new creator or something. So because of that, we got uh, a shout out. So they put oh, us nice. in their ad platform and basically instead of brand deals, they paid creators on full screen's network to promote us like like a regular oh, ad would, yeah. would be. I got you. And I remember Austin Evans, Lamar Wilson, and David DeFranco gave us a shout out in the same day. And we got 600 subscribers in one day. And that was like the coolest thing ever. And now Um, you're able to do that with other people. Yeah, that's crazy, too, because like, I mean, they were they were much, much bigger than we are now. Uh, I think Austin at the time maybe had 100,000 subscribers. Lamar was close to that, too. Um, but like those three creators together got us 600 subscribers in one day. And I remember we started transitioning from like the shitty, bad, white bat photo backdrop to a, a, a green screen. And uh, I, I had a vision in my head of what I wanted the show to look like. But like <laughs> the vision in your head is oh way gosh, different yeah, from like totally. how it actually turns mm-hmm. out, especially your first time using a green oh screen. Oh my gosh. It was bad. It was a tragedy, I've, Paul. It was so bad. I remember the first day we relate. shot on a green screen, it took me 15 hours. Oh my, are you serious? 15 hours to do the show. And it was just because I had no idea what I was doing, right? I had hours. no idea how to, like, That's crazy. in post, I had no idea how to chroma key anything. And again, common sense would tell you, just do the episode again, but do it better. But I didn't. Nope. And I spent 15 hours just trying to learn Adobe Premiere because before that I used Sony Vegas. So, like... I had jumped to a new editing platform and was trying to chroma key and all this new stuff at once. And it was overloading my brain. Um, and 
so because we got that 600 subscriber bump, it like forced us or made us feel uh, like it was worth putting more effort into, yeah. more time. And that's when we like bumped up production quality, like at the time bumped yeah, it up. quote unquote. It was still terrible, but like it was, it was better. And so I started going daily at the time and full screen started, uh, we were doing Monday through Friday and full screen offered us uh, to do a show for their tech network on their tech channel uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and they offered us twenty five dollars per episode, which was yeah. you know whatever twenty five bucks. That's um, good. It was still cool because like no one who at the time like networks weren't paying you per show or anything like that, but like we had a dedicated daily show and they wanted it, so they were paying us per episode. Um, and throughout all this, Brian Brian had to work other jobs because like we weren't making enough money yeah. at all. So he, he worked a bunch of other jobs and he he moved in with me and we were living together uh, and that sort of allowed us to work around Brian's schedule. So when he's it, at some points he worked midnight shifts and he would come home and we'd record the show before he went to bed and then he'd go to bed and I would edit and put the show yeah. out. Um, and at the time he was just behind the camera saying stuff about the stories and we went through a, a big progression of the show. It was at one point it was like too serious and we weren't giving enough opinions and then it got way, yeah. way, way, way too goofy and ridiculous. And I think now we're at a point where it is balanced yeah, where definitely. uh it's it's facts first and then goofiness. Yeah. Um and uh, and it's like goofiness in a way that's consumable and doesn't like take up too yeah. much time. Um so we were getting paid per episode and that was like that was the first point where I realized Okay, what we're making is worth more than this, and we told full screen no. Oh wow, which was really bad. Like I think at the time we might have had <laughs> three thousand, five thousand subscribers, and I uh, we turned around to full screen. I remember like the conversation with Brian at night times. You know, that's when you get the oh, feels. Yeah, 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 they agree. And and that that's when we were like we would sit down and really discuss life. Yeah. And we, I remember there's just this conversation where we're like, it's not worth $25 an episode. It's especially for like an audience that isn't ours. We're just doing it for their channel and no one's watching their channel. Mm. And we could probably just benefit more if we did it for ourselves. Oh, oh so you, so like you were making screen. front page tech for the, for, for the full screen channel and not your own. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, so on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, it was on oh, our okay. channel. And then the same show with the same name was going up on... With a, a, a like a little bit of a different look was going up on their channel gotcha. on Tuesdays and Thursdays, and those ones we were getting paid for. Gotcha. Um, and we were, we were get we started to get brand deals. Like I remember the and this is insane. The absolute first brand that reached out to us was Coca Cola. Are you serious? Um, Holy crap! Yeah, and that was like that was the coolest thing ever. The reason they reached out to us was because they we won an award. Oh. And I remember when I got. When I got the email, the guy, the rep was his first name was Ruben, and when we got the email, I thought it was a joke. I thought it was spam or something, because it's like, congratulations, like this is Ruben from Coca Cola. You win this award. We want to work with you. All this stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And I remember the first day I ignored it, and the second day I was like, maybe it's real. So I emailed back, and it was totally re- real. We won what was called the Coca Cola Journey oh, wow. Award, and. They were working with influencers from like all different categories, even uh, bloggers. And the idea was you won an award for your category. And we didn't even win the award for the tech category. We won for the innovation category because they said we changed the way tech news was delivered, which was like. That's cool. 
I mean, you have out of nowhere, this big brand comes up and says, "Hey, like we 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 recognize what you've done. You've changed the way tech news is delivered." Blah blah blah. And they gave us an award for it. And it was the coolest thing ever. And then they started shipping us like Coke stuff. Like I remember for Christmas one year, we got this big basket uh, with just Coke merchandise, <laughs> like shirts That's and awesome. a card from Coca Cola. And then they were paying us to make videos for them, which went up on their website. Uh, that was like our first r- real brand deal. We had and we had told full screen that we were done working with them. We were gonna, we couldn't get out of our contract with them, but we were done making the show for twenty five dollars for their channel. And that was like that was the very first time where I sort of like because now you hear me preach about knowing your worth, creators know how much you're worth, yeah. that sort of thing. This was my this was like the point that happened for me when we fu- we told full screen no. We lost all contact. Like, oh. they stopped talking to us. And at the time, you couldn't just, like, it, drop YouTube contracts whenever, correct? Right, right. It was like, we were locked in for a year, or maybe, no, it was two years at the time. We were, we were like, totally locked in. Um, but, like, you know, we felt better because we weren't under the pressure, and it wasn't, we weren't, like, we were able to make the content for us now, and it wasn't for $25 for people that don't mm. actually care about us. Um. But whatever we did, knowing our worth, totally worked because like a month or two later, they got back in contact with us and was like, we need you. How much do you want paid? Wow. And that was like, that was the first time that happened. And like, it, it, you know, it taught me a valuable lesson of like, just speak up. Like if you feel, if you feel you're worth more, just speak up and it it works out whether, you know, you're under less stress or it does adapt and you do get more money for whatever it is that you're asking then it works out either way and so we started working with full screen again and i got hired as their social rep so i was i was doing like their social media for twitter and uh, facebook and instagram and stuff um and we started getting paid $100 an episode or $125 that, really an good. episode or that's something that's pretty good yeah um so like you know it was it was small small pieces of money throughout uh just to, it, everything we did was just to get enough money so we could keep making front yeah. page tech. like we weren't profiting we were just trying to make enough money to feed ourselves and also be able to put front page tech out there because from the very beginning you know we believed in what we were making we knew it was a good show even if it wasn't perfect like we as long as we could buy time we could eventually perfect the show. The right people would see it. And that's like, we were just patient and that's what we did. Um, just trying to get enough money to make it at the time. Like we didn't, we didn't know if next month we were going to be okay or next week we were going to be okay. We just knew right now we can keep producing the show and that's all that's important. So that's what we did. Um, and at one point, Chris Perillo, uh, yeah. who, you know, was one of the biggest guys in tech for the longest time. He found us and, uh, I Chris was like my biggest inspiration. Like growing up, uh, uh, like I, I watched Chris every day of my life for years before I like was even really into YouTube or that I personally did YouTube. Chris Perillo was like my inspiration. I think we all have like yeah. that one creator, uh, and Chris Perillo was that dude for me. And then he emailed me, and that was another point in my life where I like freaked out, and um, so. He, I remember during a live stream, he like broke down and was literally crying and stuff because his business wasn't doing well or something. And 
content wasn't as sustainable for him and he, he was losing his websites or something because he could he didn't know how to design or code websites and before YouTube that's yeah. what I did I, I did web development so yeah I, I emailed I emailed Chris uh, I let him know that um, I was willing to help uh, just kind of put my value up front I didn't I, I didn't expect him to pay me anything and he already had a staff full of people so he yeah. couldn't pay me anything and like I reached out to him at a point where he was literally like struggling. So it would it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have worked for me to ask yeah, for money anyway. But it was just sense. like it was just an opportunity to work with like you know the person that I looked up to for so long. Yeah. So that's what I did. I started working with him with his websites and stuff, and I I, I started. He put uh, footage of a Galaxy S five review or something on his Patreon page, which I was a patron of his, and uh, I took the footage and I edited it, and he thought it was great. Like he it it was he did the review drunk. So, like, I took, like, the 30-minute drunk footage and edited it down to, like, a five-minute goofy video, and he loved it. And that was, like, my first, like, you know, the first step into Chris Perillo's life. And then he had a big, big brand deal with Verizon where he he was making a show for them called Device Advice, and it was for their website, for their YouTube channel, and... uh, he he had like four things recorded, but the editor for Verizon dropped out, and he mm. messaged me on Facebook one night, freaking out. Like, listen, John, uh, I I this is very very important. I got to deliver this tomorrow. The editor's gone. I I have to do this or else like I lose the job. So I he gave me the footage, and I had to edit the show, the device advice show, and make it look like an actual show. There was no graphics. Nothing. I no had to do graphics. it all wow. four episodes in one night <laughs> and the graphics and all that stuff. And I did it. I delivered it at like three in the morning. And Dude, good job. He was he freaked out. I was like, this is amazing. Holy crap. Like you saved my life. And then we delivered it to Verizon the next day. And that effectively got me a job. Like I put my value first. I proved myself. And it just worked out. Verizon saw it and hired both of us to do the to do the the show. And that was like another one of those things where just got me a, enough time, just a little bit more time a to do for page tech. And yeah. that was like, it was really cool. It was only like, I want to say it was, I was getting paid 1500 a month for that. Um, yeah. And that was enough, you know, to, to just have a little bit of money going. to keep doing from page tech. That was, that was the only goal this whole time. And, and, and where uh, were you in the process? Like, is this like 2015, 16? Yeah, this was... 2014 2015 ish uh and i started to become a big part of like what chris perillo was doing and i was like i'd flown out to his house a few times i was in the vlogs that he was doing and that like you know that got me a little bit more attention as well and that that brought like a few um key people in the community when i say key people i mean like people you know that have been around for years yeah and there at this point like this is the point in front page tech where there were names that were watching at that point that I that are still around now that I still recognize. Like um, Dank Hammer from our Discord server was around oh, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was there's a lot of people. The Sound of Tech was around then. Um, Prasoon Prasoon has been around for just years and years and years since like 2014 or something. And I think at this point we had um, we were under 10,000 subscribers for sure. I I don't maybe we had six seven thousand. Um, and we were go- we were growing real slow now. Like all that progress that like it seemed to be happening, we it just plateaued. And yeah, 
but again, it was just one of those times where I was just, I was really really happy to just you know just w- do what I what I wanted to do, edit video for a job and keep producing front page tech. And again, Brian had had these other jobs, so we just we just sort of made it work. And we just kept producing the show, and I don't know, maybe. The, uh, months, months, maybe a year went by with like no growth and we just kept producing the show and the show was really, really good. And we were getting like 200, 300 views of video or something. Um, yeah. and we launched frontpagetech.net. Um, and that's where I, I, we had other people on the team. I had, a uh, my friend Lucas come on and, uh, he helped me make frontpagetech.net and a Minecraft server and stuff like that. And we had people come in and, um, that's, that was like our first op- offer to the community to help support us. And it was another one, one of those things where it was like, okay, here's just a little bit more money to yeah, help more time. Yeah. So at some point there, um, Verizon, the show wrapped up, uh, and that was, that was it. So that, that money was, was done. I, I kept working with Chris though. Um, he changed, he changed his content direction. So like eventually that died out too. Uh, and I, I like, I'm still friends with Chris, but I don't work with him anymore. Um, and so we were just at that point, I think we were just big enough and I had just gotten like enough know-how and enough knowledge to work with brands. So that's what I did. Um, I, again, just like little bit of money here and there, like $50 $50 for a brand deal or something for an episode or something. Um, but it was, and it was never, it was never enough to support the team. It was just enough to, to keep going to, yeah, to keep giving, like keep my brother alive and keep front page tech going. So, um, we started growing, uh, more and more. And, uh, I would say the content pretty much stayed the same. Um, till 20 like late 2015 2016 beginning of 2016 and then what sort of changed it was uh i made a joke we we had been working with brands uh all like throughout the years but i made a joke about during an apple event that the apple watch straps looked like the straps from my shoes when i was four like the velcro straps on my shoes yeah and velcro saw the tweet and reached out um, just uh, over a joke and they gave us a hefty deal, like a six month deal. Nice. And, uh, when they reached out, we had like 11,000, uh, 11,000 subscribers. Um, and through that, so I, I knew at this point that I had, not only did I, you know, buy enough time, I bought six months of time that I knew we would be okay. And I wasn't getting paid for doing something else. It was for front page tech. So, um, that's when things got like real hardcore. Like, I, okay, you got, we got six months. I got a house, um, and, uh, th- things with like, my brother was just getting old enough at this point where, uh, I wasn't going to have to have custody of him anymore. Um, so it was like, it was like slowly working out and I had a guaranteed paycheck every month from Velcro. Yeah. And, uh, so that's what we did. Like I just, we went all in on the show every single day as hard as I could. And then we got like 20, 22,000 subscribers by the end of that six months. And then when that six months started wrapping up, that's when the terror set in because I didn't have anything else. Like there was no other guaranteed 
income mm-hmm. after that. I would have to figure it out after that, and I'd be back to where I was, you know, six months prior, where I was struggling on brand deals. Um, and literally a month before the Velcro deal ran out, I get an email from Amazon, and Amazon really likes the show, and they're going to do this pilot in New York City for uh, a show that they're working on. Uh, and they want me to be the host. They want me to try out to be the host. Um, and that's where things sort of... This is this was a very pivotal point from Page Tech because it was like my first realization that, you know, maybe I do go on to work w- on something else, a bigger yeah. project that's not from Page Tech. And I flew out to New York City. I started working with Amazon a lot. Um, and from Page Tech really... We put it on the back burner, and it was it sucked uh, because you know that it's it's my baby. I built it, mm-hmm. but like Brian was working at Best Buy, um, and we there was like there wasn't growth happening on Front Page Tech anymore. Um, I don't want to say we wanted to give up, but like it was just it was a shift in priorities. Like okay, mm-hmm. well we've been we've been going as hard as we can, and like nothing's happening, and now Amazon wants to work with me, and that's like. We, we're going to keep doing front page tech, but maybe we can't do it on the scale that we have been doing it. Um, and, and Amazon wants to pay way more money than I would ever make with front page tech. Um, so that I, we st- I started doing with that, that with Amazon. I try to do front page tech all the time as well, but I started traveling every week from Ohio to New York City, mm, Ohio to yeah. New York City. And this was like fairly recent, dude. This was like, this was late 2016 into 2017. Oh, wow. Um, so I'm traveling back and forth. That's what I'm doing. Um, and things with Amazon start working out. And uh, they start they start trusting me to do more than just that show with them in New York City. They start hiring me to do stuff from where I live, too. So I was producing videos for Amazon that go on Amazon.com. And, like, a lot of the, a lot of the people recently that, that, you know, know me and know the show have seen that stuff on Amazon. And have yeah. sent me screenshots on Twitter and whatnot, but like, that's what I was doing. I was producing stuff here. I was flying to New York City. I was going back and forth, and still doing front page tech. And I went through another realization where I wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. Uh, wasn't doing what I wanted to do. It kind of sucked, and I was like horribly depressed because. Yeah. I, you know, I, I wanted to do front page tech. I put everything I had into front page tech because I didn't like to have a real job. I didn't like being told what to do. I didn't like not having control. And I let myself fall back into that position where I have like, you know, 13 Amazon executives telling me what I'm going to do every day. Yeah. And it's like this, this long process. I was, I wasn't sleeping. I was traveling back and forth. It was tiring and, it in the end, why you know, like it wasn't for my community. It wasn't to establish me, my own personality. At the end of the day, someone sees me on Amazon.com. It doesn't mean they're going to remember me, or they're going to come follow me, or they're going to care who I am. I'm just a face that was on the website while they were yeah. on it. That's all. And that's where I, Amazon wanted me to. There's something else I haven't said publicly that I probably shouldn't. <laughs> Amazon wanted me to. Um, make a video about an alarm clock, I remember. And I and I was on the phone with them, and I was just like, no, no, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't want to put my name on this crappy product just because you, you're going to pay me to do it. And, like, I have a name and a reputation that I want to uphold too. Yeah. And I can't just go around pitching any product 
that you want me to and when it's garbage it's total garbage um i couldn't even tell you that i can't like sitting here right now i can't even tell you the name of the alarm clock it was just like some brand that didn't matter yeah. it was it was it was bad and i didn't want to spend all day making a video that didn't matter and that was like that's what it was in my head i'm making stuff that doesn't actually matter and that like when that clicked that's when that whole self-worth thing came back into play and I told Amazon, people that were paying me a lot of money, no. I just said, nope, not doing that. I don't want to do that. I'm done. And that was another one of those things, Paul, where I'm being an idiot. Like, I had guaranteed money from this massive yeah. brand, and I just told them no on the phone. Again, I just told another brand no. Yeah. And it was that point where um, the decision was made, like, that's it. All in. It's going to work this time. Like, I'm not going to do anything else until Front Page Tech works. And with the Amazon money coming in, I had, Brian and I had made the decision where he was going to come on full time. So since Am- since the Amazon money was coming in, Brian had moved. He 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 got a place with his fiance and like had quit Best Buy and was all in on Front Page Tech too. So now it's not just me. It's it's Brian too. We got to take care of Brian. Yeah. Um, and it's not, you know, it's not, it's no longer just like make enough money to keep this kid alive. Now I'm talking about an adult, Brian, who has his own life, own adult expenses and a fiance. And like, he's got to be able to take care of himself too. Oh yeah. And we had enough money because of Amazon, but then I told Amazon, no. And I didn't ask Brian if I, if I could say no, I just (laughs) said no. So now, you know, there's no guaranteed income anymore. Oops. And, uh, yeah. So from that point, uh, this is where like all the advice that I give recently that I've been giving to small creators, this is where I really implemented that for myself. We were like 20,000 subscribers, 22,000. That's where we like peaked. Um, and I dropped the Amazon thing. And from that point, the day I said no to um, my entire life changing, it was a month, a month amount of time where I was just like, Okay, we, we, we're going to go all in on front page tech. We just got to do the best that we can. And we started producing. We were, we were still like getting our usual 1,000 views a video maybe. Um, but we were just producing for those people. Uh, and I had made a decision to, to put forth an actual content strategy that, yes, my show is very, very good. But like... It doesn't matter how good it is if no one's if no one's seeing it if no one's going to find it. Totally, I need to put content out there that makes people find us first. And unfortunately, it's not the show. The show does not have a good lifespan in search. It, the news is here and then it's gone. Yeah. So we started like planning out content that was deliberately made to get new people. And I remember I was like, okay. I have like really strong opinions that I share on the show. I want to do that. I want to make a series about that um, for one topic. I want to make some sort of like rant style video. And the iPhone 10 comes out yeah. or is announced rather. Um, we make a video, uh, an FPT Now episode, which is like essentially like a front page tech episode, but just about one topic. And it's released in like an hour or two of an announcement. Mm-hmm. It's like a breaking news style thing. So we put it out there, and it's it starts getting some traction. I can imagine uh, more than we, yeah, more than we usually get. Um, and so then I see the momentum of that video, and I have all these opinions about the iPhone 10. And I remember, all in one night, I said, 
Okay. And I remember, I think I called Brian on the phone. I was like, I'm going to make this video. And I, before I even wrote the video, I knew the title. Like I knew a title in my head that would hit people a certain way that would make, like if I saw that in a, on YouTube, I'd be like, well, I have to watch it. I have to click on that. That's, and it was, yeah, if the video was uh, the title that I had in my head was Apple sucks now and it's your fault. And I was like, this is it. This is it. This is the video. And it's very rare. We're like, you know, you, you might have an idea in your head that the video you're making is going to do well, or it might not do well. This was a video where I was entirely confident where I was like, if people see this title, they're going to click on it. I just got to get it in front of the right people. And I got to say the right things. So I had the title. I sat down, I opened Google drive. I started typing the title out. I typed the entire video out where it's like my total rant and my opinions on the iPhone 10 and that sort of thing. And it was meant to like really stir emotion. It was very, very harsh and it was very intentional about everything. Every word was so intentional to just like do one of two things either make you really, really angry or make you say, you know what? I, I sort of feel this way too. And I think everything you're saying is right. So I'm going to subscribe. So, and it was a very unique point where there was enough frustration in the Apple community to where the things that I was saying would actually like resonate with those people. And so we put out the video. I wrote, I, I came up with the title. I came up with the idea wrote the title, wrote the video, and recorded it in the span of two hours from the time the idea hatched to when I was done recording it. I stayed up all night editing the video, um, and then I remember I was going to put it out at like five the next day, and I remember sitting there all day being like, okay, should I just publish it now? Should I wait? What should I do? And I was really nervous about it. I knew it was going to do well. Um, and I remember teasing it on Twitter like, you know, this is a very different video. You're going to want to see it. Um, every, there was hype for it, like from just our regular audience. Mm. Um, I pressed the publish button, the most nerve wracking feeling in my entire life. Cause it, there was something about this video that felt different. Um, everyone starts jumping on it. They love it. It starts getting shared on Twitter and this is like an immediate reaction. It's not like a slow burn. It immediately happened. Our immediate audience was all over it. Very supportive. Uh, my, a few of my YouTube friends start texting me. One guy, a, a podcaster who's a pretty popular podcaster named Andrew Zarian. He texts me and says, dude, this is it. This video is going to go viral. This is the best video you've ever made that night. He, he sent that the next morning I wake up and it has like 20,000 views Dang. and I had, you know, I was used to like a thousand views of video. Um, and I saw that 20,000 view mark and I was like, it's going to happen. And Brian kept saying, cause I, I was getting, I wasn't like depressed, but I was like, I felt like I screwed us. Like I said, no to Amazon mm-hmm. and I have no clear path to success with front page tech. And Brian kept saying like, I just got to, I just have a feeling that like we're right at the breaking point. Like we put, we've put in the work all these years, something's about to happen. Like there was no signs that, that was going to happen, but I just trusted Brian Uh, We released that video and then I was like, you know, eventually this is going to die down. And then, you know, uh, then what? We're still back at where at square one. And Brian kept saying, no, dude, just wait it out. This is it. This is this is a good thing. And then from that 20,000 views or whatever, it started getting 70,000 views a day. Oh, wow. A hundred thousand views a day. And it's just it's blowing up and it's it's getting shared on news websites and we're getting just thousands of subscribers, like a thousand, two thousand, three thousand subscribers a day, 
And that's when we like, okay, here's the momentum. We have it. We have to take advantage of it and we have to do it right now. And we went back to daily with front page tech and I started producing front page tech differently instead of like directing it towards our core audience. I started producing front page tech in a way that like, if, if somebody with fresh eyes were to see this show right now, what would make them subscribe? So we started changing the formula of the show and the format. Um, and, uh, we started putting that show out every day and it was a slightly different version of front page tech, but it worked. And because there was so much traction with the Apple video, YouTube sort of, it, it sort of like broke the mm-hmm. algorithm or fixed the algorithm rather where we were getting enough watch time to where YouTube recognized the algorithm itself was like, okay, this is what these videos are about. And these are the people that should see these videos. These are the people that we should recommend these videos to. Um, so we were like, you know, our videos were getting recommended next to MKBHD, like are on the home page of YouTube. And, um, it wasn't just the Apple video. It was every single show that we were producing was getting yeah. recommended and thro- thrown out there. And we just took advantage of the momentum right in, in a right way. And like, I was scared that once the Apple video died down, that that was going to be it. Like the growth would stop. That's where all the subscribers were coming from. But after like three or four days when the, you know, the back end of YouTube adjusts and you can get, you can see analytics. That's when I checked and we had only gotten like 3000 new subscribers from the Apple video, which then told me that, you know, the rest of the subscribers that are coming in are coming in from the rest of the stuff that we're making, which apparently must be good enough. If all these people are coming in and it's not just this one video, which made me confident that, you know, once this one video dies down, we'll be fine. And we went from, you know, 22,000 subscribers to 40,000 subscribers in two weeks. And it was nuts. And like the biggest shift for us was the views, Mm -hmm. right? It wasn't just the, the amount of subscribers. It was the amount of views that we were guaranteed pretty much every episode. Um, it's one of those rare instances where like, we went from a thousand views a video to ten thousand views a video essentially overnight, especially in perspective of how many years we've been making the show. But like, it wasn't luck either. We, you know, we put in the work for five years before this happened. It was just one of those things where, like, you know, what I've been preaching this whole this whole sh- this whole interview was just like, we knew we had a good show. We just needed we just needed to buy enough mm-hmm. time to where it you worked. Know, it, the right people saw it, and I, it it. It was good for me, too. It was good for us because the show was never as good as we thought it was. We needed to improve. And I think, you know, after so many years, you do it so many times. And I think, and I've said this before, right now is the point where I'm most proud of the show, where I'm actually proud of what we make. And I think it's good um, because I, I, I didn't always feel that way. Uh, yeah, I thought it was good and it was worth something. But like now, now I'm totally confident that no one makes a show mm-hmm. like us. And I, and I love what we do. And, uh, you know, everything has changed since then, like the brands we work with, you know, now we have a sales team, all our ad, our ad calendars are booked. Like there's no more worrying like, okay, what, how do we make it next month or, or any of that stuff? It's just now we're at a point where we're totally comfortable and we get to just make stuff. And that's the coolest thing ever. And, you know, we're not just, it's not like one of us is like going out and doing side gigs or another job just to keep this thing afloat. What, what the thing that we worked for so many years to build up is finally like, you know, we're getting out of it what we put in all these years, and uh, it's the coolest job ever, the coolest yeah. job ever. That's awesome. And it's like, it's it's great because like now you know, 
the decision I made with Amazon, the really stupid decision of saying no, I still work with them on and off, but like it, my life has totally changed. Yeah. You know, I make the money with front page tech that like I would have made with Amazon and I don't have to do the Amazon mm-hmm. thing. I can do what I want to do. And now you have uh, clean floors with Dyson vacuums. Yeah, now I have clean floor. Is it in here? Uh, no, I, I don't know where I put it. The Dyson vacuum is somewhere, I promise. It's Grand Vacuum. That's awesome. <laughs> it looks so awesome, but it's so expensive. Yeah. So awesome. So do you have any plans for, I, I know you have FPT Labs coming yeah. up in, in the near future, but do you have any plans on like how you're going to grow your channel more and, and how you're going to make more platforms and different stuff like mm-hmm. that? Like, What are your plans for the future? So uh, we have a really unique and amazing community. Like... It's very rare, even like creators that are much, much bigger than ours or much bigger than us, like their community isn't as great or isn't as engaged. Like we get the same, yeah, the same views consistently that we know we're going to come every day and the same engagement, like more engagement than a lot of the bigger guys. And it's because, you know, we've, we've stuck to the content strategy of making the show and delivering on that show. You know, the thing that people subscribe for, we deliver that every day. It's not a variety channel. Yeah. And you can't find what you do anywhere else. Right. It's And it's like, you know, people, people might subscribe for one thing, but then the, like, okay, that's what happened to PewDiePie. PewDiePie does gaming stuff. People subscribe for the gaming yeah. stuff. And now he does the stuff that is really great, but it's a little bit different. And, you know, so mm-hmm. those people sort of clock out and aren't as interested. We literally deliver the show that you subscribed for and we deliver it every single day. And that's just like, that's our content strategy works with the algorithm. It just like works back and forth has a good communication uh, with the algorithm. And now like, we're about to hit 59,000, almost 60,000 subscribers. Um, and I think my goal is sort of shifting from, uh, I, th- I think front page tech is great and I'm go- we're always going to produce it. Uh, but I'm, I'm at a point now where I think I want people to find more value and care about me personally, my personality and Brian's personality. Mm-hmm. So I want to set us up in a way that like, no matter what we do now, you know, the audience will follow us. The community will follow us because they're invested in us, not the show itself. And that's like, yeah. we're, we're getting ready to launch, as you said, FPT Labs, which is our exclusive content platform. It's like, it's like Patreon, but it's not Patreon because we have total control over it. We're building it sort of yeah. thing. And that's not yeah. tech stuff. It's all content that is just like, you know, deeper access to me and Brian. You get to see more of us, get more of our time. And it's called FPT Labs literally because it's content that we would not upload on front page tech. It's just experimental stuff yeah. that, you know, Brian and I just want to have fun making. And and I think you've also built the channel in a way that people are more engaged in the personality and less I exactly hope, what yeah. you're talking about. So, like, you, you're probably going to have a really good conversion rate yeah. into FPT I, Labs. I really hope so. Like, that's that's been our goal is, like, I want... I'm intentionally trying to get people invested in me and our personalities because, like... We we've been thinking about just uh, we want to we started the channel. I don't I'm not going to say the name yet, but like we're thinking about you know doing a channel of, of gaming stuff like just live streams. Not even like not even with the intention of growing the channel and becoming gaming people because I suck at games. I just want to like I like playing games <laughs> and I Same. I want to stream them. And I know that when we mm-hmm. announce that, people are going to go subscribe to the channel. And it's it's just like that's what I want. That's what I've spent years trying to do is like get people invested in me. And so that's, that's my goal is to, I, number one with front page tech, I want to be, I want to be on the, like the, I think the community we have now trusts us definitely, especially like 
with my years of experience reporting on tech news, I know what I'm talking about, and a lot of the prediction I, predictions I make come true because of just not because I'm this crazy future teller, but because. <laughs> Uh, You're always right. Uh, yeah, but just because I've been doing this for years, I know the patterns that these companies take, and I know what makes sense to me, so that's what I report on. Um, I wanted, I went from Page Tech to be as trusted as like you know a mainstream news source like The Verge or something, but I always want it to be goofy. I want, I want to change the way news is delivered, and that's like yeah. that's my goal from Page Tech. But like my goal moving forward is to get people further invested in my personality. I from Page Tech or Pt Labs is like. A really big thing coming up. Um, one of those things that could be another really sustainable, really consistent revenue stream and allow us to make content that we have always wanted to make that isn't tech related um, and give us a cool excuse to do it as well. Um, yeah, why not? But that's sort of the goal is to just, I want I want to be able to expand and make more content and make goofier stuff and have people, you know, watch it because they're invested in us and our personality. Front Page Tech is never going anywhere. Um, I just think my future goals are to continue to establish my my own personality and get people, you know, connected with me. But that's like my goal is honestly moving forward to just stay the course. We're growing consistently. We're growing really, really well consistently still. Um, so my goal is just to, you know, keep the keep the train on the tracks, basically. Yeah. Keeping the ball rolling. So sure. before we wrap up, is there any like tips or whatever you want to give to small YouTubers? I know yeah. you talk a lot on Twitter and argue with a lot of small YouTubers yeah. about their uh, excuses. <laughs> right. So go follow John on Twitter if, you, if you're a small YouTuber. But if do you have any tips that you want to talk about if for like the audience that's watching? Because mm -hmm. a lot of my audience are small creators. Right. Um, well, first of all, if you know if you do hear me complain or say anything about small creators on Twitter, I hope that people realize that it's coming from a good place. Like I'm not. I'm not looking down on anybody. I'm trying to help. And I literally, it's because I've been through, I've been through worse stuff than most small creators will ever go through with their YouTube channel. And it's mm -hmm. mostly because of, you know, those maybe not so great decisions that I made to not get another job or, or whatever. I put everything I had into front page tech and like, you might see things now, but you, you don't realize that there's five years of history that went into getting to where we are now. Um, and you know the what we've done what we built like a channel even it's not the biggest channel ever and we still like the especially financially like we're more successful than a lot of even bigger guys so like everything i say comes from experience and i'm only trying to help uh, not even just like extremely smaller creators but like people that are almost there that that are where we were where they're like almost ready to get past the breaking point and make it to where they want to actually be um the, there's a lot of stuff right now. Anyone with a webcam, anyone with a phone can make content and yeah. do it. And I just don't think that anymore in 2018, that is a good enough excuse. Just because you can make stuff doesn't mean that you deserve anything or that you should make stuff. I want, yeah. I think everyone should go back to the, you know, the reason I started from page tech, make stuff that, that you see the gap, you're aware that there's a gap and you want to make it yourself. Like wh what would you want to watch? And I think mm -hmm. that a lot of the smaller creators that are making content right now, if we're being honest, if they had to really be honest with themselves, I don't think they would watch half the stuff they make. I think they just make the stuff because they can and hope that yeah. someone watches it. Or maybe even worse, and this is like the most unfortunate thing ever, people create content that they think people want to watch. And then, and then yeah. your whole YouTube career is a guessing game. 
and it just doesn't mm-hmm. work. I mean, you see, you've seen creators do that, right? You've seen, you know, uh, when pranks started becoming big, you know, pe- that was the yeah. thing on YouTube. So people just started making prank videos because those were the th- that was the thing. But now, now what? Now the pranks are gone. And so are the people like, yeah, you got to You got to play the long game. You got to create content that you would want to watch that. I think regardless of like the numbers and the analytics and the data that you can dig through and like create a perfect business plan or a perfect plan for a content strategy, it all boils down to a very simple concept of just making stuff that you would want to watch, because if you do Mm -hmm. that, then you'll have fun. And as long as you have fun, you won't quit. You know, even if it does take Doing you it. five years to get to where you want to be. Yeah, uh, yeah, I definitely think that's it's important to to enjoy what you're doing because if you're not, well, what's the point of of spending the time in there? And, and once right. you get bigger, you know, you're, you're not going to want to do what you're doing, and then you fall into like the the PewDiePie the PewDiePie situation where I know he he enjoyed gaming, yeah. but when he switched, then none of the subscribers give a yeah. crap about the new content and it, i mean he still gets three four million views a video but i mean you know well, perspective, yeah. well he, 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 he has 61 million subscribers so yeah. like you know and per, when you look at it from that perspective yeah the, i mean that's not that's a big chunk of the people that just aren't watching anymore yeah, and I that's know. just but you know I, f- I feel like any creator should be able to do that i feel like any creator has the right and should be able to shift their interest you know pewdiepie's been doing this for years he's it's totally cool if he changes his mind and and what he wants to do but that's part of like getting people invested in your personality because when you do want to make a change then it's accepted ish Mm -hmm. how many so like how many years are you how many years have you been doing this now uh in a couple months it'll be four years i've switched Mm -hmm. my like what i've done i did like lego and then Minecraft and then <laughs> yeah, skits but that's one of those things then, where you know that's one of those things where that was just the content was hot at the time, right? That's why you were doing yeah. Minecraft and, stuff, and I just did what I was doing, and then I did the whole daily vlogger shtick, yeah. and that failed miserably. <laughs> and then and then I and then I watched your uh, podcast with Roberto Blake, and that like changed everything uh, for yeah. my, my content. And that like yeah, that that was that was big. That's I wish you know like. With front page tech, I'm the per- I'm a personality, right? I'm not not necessarily mm-hmm. playing a character, but like I have to stick to a certain uh, part of my interests, and that is mm-hmm. obviously tech. And I don't mm-hmm. have an outlet to talk about the business side of things or like help smaller creators. Maybe I, maybe I should create like a channel just called John Prosser, where I just talk about whatever I want to talk about. I don't know, but like. The the podcast with Roberto was like a really cool thing for me because it gave me an outlet to talk about the stuff that I can't talk mm-hmm. about normally with my audience. Yeah. And like, um, and that's that's another really cool thing about doing stuff like this is well, number one, I really respect you as a creator, but I num- respect you. <laughs> but but number two, like, I what, I what how would I be able to? I can't talk about this stuff to like on front page tech. People yeah, no, complain, totally. Paul, if I talk for a minute and a half and I don't mention the news in that minute and a half. I know. They start times. Sta- oh, it's the worst thing ever. Just like, <laughs> why watch my show if you if I can't talk on my own show? Like, I, I know it's that's stupid. the most infuriating thing ever. But that's what you deal with. Like, I put myself in this mold. And that's yeah. just like people just don't accept change. It's the worst thing ever. It's it's. I think it's kind of dumb too. Like why why subscribe to someone that you don't care yeah. about? It's exactly. Like if you just want stupid. the news, hey, fun fact: you could skip my intro, you could skip my jokes, you could do the whole thing if you just type in diverge.com. You can just yeah, skip all seriously. that stuff. I think that's a good place to end off. Is there anything that you want to wrap up with? 
if you're if you're watching uh, because of me or you know you want to see the interview with me, definitely subscribe to Paul. Um, I'm subscribed hey. to him, so that I, th- I feel like that's a good. And if you reason. guys have no idea I who John Paul. is, I mean. How do you not know who John is? But go follow him on Twitter and subscribe on the YouTube channel and go watch everyone. Jed, thanks so much for being on the show, John. Podcast listeners, how are you doing today? Uh, if, if you can, make sure to leave a rating on the iTunes store. It helps a whole ton. It helps the podcast be discovered by more people. And yeah, it's a great thing to do and it helps me a ton. Is there someone that you want to see on the A Conversation With podcast? Let me know uh, on Twitter at RealPaulGross or on my YouTube channel, Paul Grosslos. Here's all I have for you guys today. I will see you guys in the next podcast episode of the A Conversation with podcasts.